So welcome to another episode of Mavs Archives. I'm here tonight with TJ Macias, a Mavs writer for Mavs SI and a Kings writer for Sacktown Royalty. Am I missing anything there, TJ? Nope, you've got it. <laughs> All right, great. Well, I'm really excited to have TJ on the show tonight because in addition to talking to former Mavs on this show, we're also expanding it to talk about more Mavs history topics in general. And one of the things I always thought would be exciting to talk about would be the Mavericks-Kings rivalry of the early 2000s. And when I decided I want to do this uh, do this episode, TJ was one of the first people I thought about to, to have on the show because I know she is a lifelong Kings fan, but also covers the Mavs. So kind of the best of both worlds for this topic. So I'm excited to have her here. So thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Of course. So um, I guess we can just dive right into it. Are you originally a, a Sacramento native or from the Sacramento area? Yes, I was born and raised in Sacramento. So I was uh, born in Woodland, California, and then I lived with my uh, parents and my sister in Sacramento my basically my entire life. Um, except for a little bit of time that I was living down in Los Angeles and then in San Diego. Then I moved back to Sac, and then I moved to Dallas. That's interesting. What what brought you to Dallas? Uh, my mother's side of the family is here, and oh. uh, my family needed help with my mom's parents when mm-hmm. they fell ill. So since I was a freelancer and it was easy for me to jump around, I moved here to help them out. Well, that's really nice of you. It's really admirable. I respect that a lot. So growing up in in Sacramento at the time, you know, what was your, what what got you into following the Kings and, and the game of basketball in general? So in Sacramento, the Kings are basically all we had in terms of professional sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for a while we had the Monarchs, which was basically our only winning team in the area at the time. Uh, but the but NBA wise, the Kings were all we had. So basically, if you were born and raised there, that's all you knew and that's all you followed. We we completely like shunned people who were uh, Lakers fans or any kind of other fans that lived in the area. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> to be a Warrior fan at that time was unheard of. So we kind of joked when the Warriors started getting good that like basically everyone who was a warrior fan at the time used to be a Kings fan just jumped off that bandwagon after we started going down the tubes. But you, if you're born and raised there, you bleed purple and black. That's just all we've known our entire lives. And so I was, I was introduced like during the Mitch Richmond years. And, um, the city, when the city really started getting into it is when we were actually starting getting good in the early 2000s. It, it, that playoff run in 2001, 2002 was what put us on the map in terms of a city because I remember talking to a lot of my relatives who didn't live in California who didn't even know that the capital of California was Sacramento until <laughs> that uh, playoff run in the, in the early 2000s. So... I was into Kings basketball a little bit before. I wasn't as diehard as uh, a lot of people were. But Mm -hmm. until that playoff run, you couldn't help it. You fell into that hole and you were gone. You were a Kings fan for good. So (laughs) 
that's when I basically started like paying attention, playing close attention to the team itself. Yeah, that definitely was a special time for, for Kings fans. So prior to, to that, you know, when, when the Kings kind of really became arguably the most exciting team in the league at that time, how conscious of you were of the Mavs and, and what was going on in Dallas with them? Absolutely none. <laughs> it was, I had blinders on um, just to a lot of like I knew uh, in terms of professional sports I mean I grew up watching the Niners that kind of thing and the Cowboys the Cowboys I was more conscious of than any other team outside of California and basically because my mom was born and raised in Dallas but mm-hmm. the Mavs she never really got into uh, basketball until the Kings so when they faced each other in that uh, playoff run in 2002, it was kind of new for her, I remember. Mm-hmm. But she was, at that time, she was already a diehard King fan, Kings fan. So it, it wasn't a struggle for her to you know, pick a side like how she did in like later years when it came to the Giants and the Rangers for uh, Major League Baseball. But... I, I like had basically no clue <laughs> what was going on in terms of any other NBA team outside my own that we didn't face like previously other than regular season games. That's fair. Um, and I can relate to that a little bit. Um, you know, I grew up born and raised here. But at the time, I was obviously following I've been following the Mavs really closely since like 96. But, um, you know, we didn't have cable, so I was only able to watch the Mavs if they were ever on broadcast TV, which was not very often. Uh, I listened a lot on the radio, but I lived and died for NBA on NBC games. Like, that was fantastic. So when the Kings, probably by, like, Jason Williams' second year, because of, you know, the show he put on as a rookie, they became kind of an NBA on NBC semi-regular if not even more than that so I definitely remember watching the Kings and and they were so exciting I I loved watching Jason Williams um this is a little bit before 2002 obviously but eventually when when they turned the corner you know they kind of turned the corner and the Mavs did at the same time so you know they they became these young up-and-comers in the west and then they finally the Kings obviously traded for Bibby the Mavs Got Dirk and Nash, um, in addition to Finley, and made some trades in that 2002 season to acquire Rafe LaFrance and Nick Van Exel. And then, you know, they the the Kings and the Mavs met in in the playoffs. So, what did, do you do? You have any specific memories about that that first time they met in the playoffs, or even the, the any regular season games from that 2001 2002 season? I have a couple um, that really stick out to me, but I'm curious what what sticks out to you. Um, regular season was a bit sketchy because uh, once the playoffs hit and we were in it, it, it was so overwhelming for us that, that that's basically all I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember during that specific, um, those, the playoff match between them, it was when I was first introduced to Dirk. So <laughs> one of the ma- like major memories I have of that series is um it was during game five when it's like uh during the final game when the it was clear that the kings were gonna win yeah 
Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I remember Dirk walking up the court and like he had, he had already scored about, he had already scored about, I think it was like 32 points that game. And he had this, this look, he was like trying to be expressionless and but the crowd was getting to him because the, the crowd basically completely forgot about the team that was on the court at that time. And they started chanting beat LA. I think there was like maybe less than two minutes left. And the entire arena was just this chant broke out and you hear, here you have these guys still on the court. And I remember watching Dirk's face as he was walking up the court and the crowd was just chanting this and his his expression didn't really break and it was funny to me looking back on it now because the crowd absolutely had no idea what this man was going to become mm-hmm. or that you know he'd kick our rears even <laughs> <laughs> like in the in almost the same amount of thing but like to see these flashes of greatness that he had um, that was going to be, you know, projected for years to come for him. It kind of baffles me to look back on that specific moment to when Sacramento just basically ignored the fact that the Dallas Mavericks were still on the court with still minutes left to play. And we just already threw them out the window. And of course that would come back to bite us the next year when you know, obviously history happened and you guys beat us. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, before moving into 2003, um, you know, 2002, I, I remember that too. And what was interesting about, about that series was um, the Mavs won game two in Sacramento yeah. and, um, you know, came back to Dallas. And in my head at the time, I'm like, okay, we got the next two games at home. We just beat them. And they, you know, they, like they won by eight in game two, I believe. And yeah. so I, I was confident heading into, into that, that series thinking the Mavs would at least win one of these, hopefully two. That didn't happen. <laughs> the Kings won both. Um, and the two players that, that stick out in my mind, really from this whole era of Kings basketball, besides the obvious stars like Peja and Weber and Bibby, the guys that really – kind of pissed me off were Doug Christie and Bobby Jackson. Because um, <laughs> um, Doug Christie made some huge plays down the stretch in game three. And, yeah. and then game four was Bobby Jackson just putting the nails in the coffin on essentially the Mavericks season. Um, I'll never forget watching that game. And he, I don't even know what he shot that game, but in my head, he didn't miss. Um, so th- yeah, those are the guys that, you know, really kind of just, pissed me off essentially um were there any maverick role players around this time you know obviously you know dirk was the man and nash was still here at all-star level finley was here at an all-star level were there any role players that that really kind of uh just made you angry or king's fans king's fans angry at that time uh they they were really all of us were really just focused more on the the stars at the time and especially Mm -hmm. when it came to nash and dirk and I um, just, especially what kills me now is that Sacramento still kind of holds a grudge against Dirk. And I do not get this at all. <laughs> I think by moving here, I don't know, by being in his presence, it, it just changes things. I actually had a friend when I moved here to start covering the Mavs. 
she would never forgive me every time I like took video or uh, audio of Dirk. She's like, how can you even stand in front of this man? I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it was so many years ago. And we, we beat them, you know, mm-hmm. twice. So it like, just calm down. But they still, a lot of them still hold that grudge against Dirk. And I, even at that time, I, I really didn't, you know, have any animosity against even your guys' star players, mm-hmm. as a lot of people did in Sacramento. I, I may be downplaying it because I've been here so long. <laughs> and I've been, like, covering this team for, um, like, six years now. So I may be downplaying it. But back then, I, I just remember being so angry. Uh, Steve Nash mainly was one of the other ones that, like, I just – Every time I looked at him, I just got mad. <laughs> that's how I felt <laughs> with Bobby Jackson. So I, I can relate. Um, um, that's funny. But yeah, it's just even even when he wasn't even on the court, I just get mad. And <laughs> it it went on later during the years as well. Even after that whole, you know, when we weren't even really rivals anymore, he <laughs> just irked me. And it's still kind of. I don't know if I'm still over it at this point because <laughs> I still feel a little tingle in the back of my head. Um, but like when it comes to Dirk, I'm completely over that. <laughs> this man is completely human to me and like literally one of the best human beings. So I, they could ridicule me all they want for actually liking him. <laughs> That's really funny. And wh- I think one thing that, I mean, I, if you can't tell by my whole experience on Mavs Twitter and as a podcaster, um, I'm very much like a Mavs nerd. I just, I love everything about their history. One thing that I think it's overlooked in this series is that Peja got hurt and yep. um, missed the last half of it. And the Kings still won. Um, I mean, yeah. And like, you know, they, they didn't miss a beat. They won in five games with Peja missing half the series. And I, I think that gets overlooked um, when, when looking back at, at this playoff run. It does because when uh, he was the one we counted on when um, Weber got hurt. Right. And so I think we were just more focused because he, he, I mean, he, he just came like during the regular season, Peja, you know, we, we counted on him so much, but in the 2002 series, it's, we, it was all like Weber and Bibby and then like Vladi when it came to rebounds mm-hmm. and then uh, also Turkaloo when it came to rebounds and then like Doug Christie when it came to assists. So it was, it mainly after he got hurt, it, it kind of didn't phase them so much as it did when Weber went down the following year. Absolutely. And that's definitely something I wanted to talk to you about, but Moving on from that 2002 series in which the Kings won in five. Actually, there was one thing about that that I found online today. I found an article about it. I couldn't find any pictures. But so, as you know, the Kings obviously dominated that series. And, you know, the Mavs were at that time uh, an offensive powerhouse, but defensively the opposite. So um, there was a banner in the Mavericks uh, practice court. Um, about that series and it said 
it said something along the lines of like 2002 Western Conference semifinals. Um, we gave up 207 field goals, of which 115 were layups and dunks. And that was about the Kings series. And I thought that was really interesting that they gave up 115 layups and dunks in five games. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> putting it that way, geez. Yeah. So it was, I mean, the Kings just tore them up. Um, so that, that's definitely how 2002 went. Um, not, yeah, not the greatest memories, but still, you know, the Mavs did well as their first year in the American Airlines Center, their first year in their new uniforms. It was, it was a, an exciting time in Dallas. So, you know, they, that was how 2002 ended. But moving into 2003, the Mavs and Kings had some phenomenal regular season games, two of which, actually three of which really stick out in my mind, but really the two were in, da- that were in Dallas stick out more than anything else. You know, they both went down to the wire, complete just an utter, like, shootouts um, as, they, as they were back in the day. But Keon Clark, who I think was only on the Kings that one season, right? Yeah. He had game winners in both of those games in Dallas. And that just <laughs> that really angered me as a Mavs fan because it was classic. Just you know, I think he he did a tip dunk off maybe a Bibby miss or a Peja miss, and then another, and then the other game he grabbed an offensive rebound and put it right back in with like 0.4 seconds left. Kings won both, so they won those two games in Dallas that year, plus the two games in Dallas the year before that, plus the first game in Dallas in 2003 playoffs. So they won five straight games in Dallas, five straight like nationally televised games in Dallas. So that just, that really angered me. And, you know, I, I, I don't think I would be wrong in saying that at that point in time when they were healthy, the Kings kind of had a mental edge on the Mavs and essentially had the Mavs number. I mean, the games were close, but the Kings won more often than not. What, what do you remember about that season? Uh, that, that whole season was just mainly a blur to me because of what went down in the playoffs. Um, but you like you seeing that during the regular season, can I ask, or if I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but what were your, like, how did you feel you being a math fan when Weber went down in game two? I, I, I was 16 at the time. So I think a small part of me was like, you got I, that. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I didn't, I guess I was kind of like, I thought my, I got excited that the Mavs chances of winning the series were better without Weber, obviously there, but I also didn't, I don't think I knew how serious the injury was. Um, When it, when it happened, I mean, other than him just laying there, yeah, it, it, it didn't look that bad. Like at least when he did it, I mean, obviously he was laying on the court and he wouldn't get up. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, like we thought it had happened, what, it was coming down from a lob and it, he just started limping and just went down. That's what I remember. And it, it just, it was, it didn't look bad. And then I remember hearing that the, the players helped uh, get him off the court. And then I remember him coming back to sit on the bench. I remember and, that too. Yeah. yeah, watching him walking back, and I'm like, oh, okay, this, this can't be too bad. He was limping a little. But then, it, it, like, all I know is that the air went out of Sacramento it, when it was announced exactly what he did to his knee. And 
like that our hearts are just ripped out so i mean it, so that's why i think it's interesting when i ask you know another a fan of the opposite team how did mm-hmm. how did you feel when you saw this player on you know the opposite team going down in such a dramatic fashion yeah that i mean it was definitely it was tough to see because i mean at the end of the day you know i'm I'm a basketball fan and I, I always enjoyed watching Weber play. I mean, he was, he was fantastic. And so, and he obviously was never the same after that injury. Nope. Um, so, you know, that, that was tough to see. Um, I think as a, as a Mavs fan, I, I thought, um, okay, like I was like, the Mavs are in a better shape to win that series, especially because the Kings won game one pretty, pretty easily. And if I remember correctly, Weber played really well in game one. So the Mavs won game two when Weber went down. Yeah. And then game three was a really classic game. Do you remember that game? Oh, that was it. Yeah, that was a double overtime, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. And that um, that was Nick Van Ex- the Nick Van Exel show that day. Yeah, 40 points. <laughs> yes. But there was also a former king who had a really big impact in that game. Do you remember that? No, I don't- you're going to uh, Walt Williams. He might have been on the oh. Kings a little bit before your t- before your. T- I don't know his exact years on the Kings. I only really only watched them in his Mavs stint, but he had like ten points in the fourth quarter in overtime after not playing the entire game. <laughs> God, um, uh, yeah, that one was, and especially of that happening in Arco. Yes, it <laughs> kills me. And that happened at like in our home, and we're we were so adamant on the noise level because I remember. Um, did you go to any of these games, like, in person? No. No. Um, wait, no. No, I went to the ones before. It wasn't during okay. the playoffs. Um, but, like, newspapers and um, the news stations, like, they were completely adamant before that we had to be extremely loud. So that's why they started giving out cowbells during the cowbell era at Arco Arena, where we used to just, like, annoy the hell out of everybody. And, I, and that started, I think, back in 2002 when – Lakers fans called us like cow country or something. <laughs> we have some fields. I mean, come on. But for for us to lose in double overtime during that game was I'm actually surprised we we got as close as we did and we we lost by what? It was um, um four points. Yeah, I got yeah. the score right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, without Weber. And that was that was Paige's game. I think I believe it was Yes. Like, yeah. And then, oh God, yeah, no, that was just devastating. <laughs> yeah, that and what was interesting about that, which would never happen in today's NBA. So, game three, I remember, was on a Saturday night. Game four was on Sunday night, the very next day. Holy they, crap, that's right. Th- that playoff series, that playoff year, two thousand three. There were a number of playoff back to backs, um, and that and that was the one that the Magic Kings had. So. You know, after like an emotional, like I'm sure exhausting game, the Kings won game four, come back to Dallas, lose game five. Then they go to game six, Kings win again. And now all of a sudden the Mavs are in a game seven for the second consecutive time in that playoff run because they went seven with Portland in the series before that. And um, what do you remember about, about game seven? Game seven is what I just remember was being completely – felt like my own head was being ripped off <laughs> and I just like from a, um I was pretty young but the 
I just remember your fans annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> like it was completely, I was so overwhelmed by my hate. <laughs> like what was going on in there that I was barely paying attention to anybody other than us on the court. And, um, cause I remember Dirk, Dirk, oh, I think it was what 30. He scored 30. It was Bibby who was our leader in that during that specific game. But like it, it was what you guys won by triple digits and not, I didn't win by triple digits. I mean, you guys <laughs> Like we were, we lost by what thirteen points or something. Yeah. So usually when that. it comes down to yeah, when it comes to the fourth, like I would just get so mad that I'd walk away, and it, that was like one of the first games that I literally walked away from the TV because I couldn't handle it. I was about ready to throw so much stuff because when I first started watching the Kings during the playoffs, like I would hide behind my couch. <laughs> for some reason I thought okay it's going to change certain things and I would hide behind mm -hmm. the couch but this is the first game that I walked away and and it was before it was before the game ended that I walked away and I couldn't even just I couldn't even watch it was just too much that's funny um so there's a there's a popular and I agree with it there's a popular Mavs theory that if Dirk didn't go down in the 2003 conference finals versus Spurs the Mavs might have advanced to the finals and, and, you know, I'm assuming they, they would have easily beaten the Nets who were, who were the Eastern finals team at the time. But, um, you know, that series still went six and Dirk missed half of it, if not more than half of it. What do you think would have happened if Weber didn't go down in that series? He, him being as much of a leader as he was uh, during the first, when we first met a year before, him being there uh, during this one, I actually want to say that it would have tipped more so in our favor, especially with if uh, Weber was healthy in this sense. But that's also wishful thinking on my part because, I mean, we obviously, when we moved on in 2002 and went on to the Lakers, there were so many different more elements that were there, uh, which caused us to lose. Mm -hmm. um, but being here with a like more advanced Dallas Mavericks team, I felt that it, the games would have been close. I felt that the games would have been like, it wouldn't have been uh, blown out in game seven. That's definitely one of them. Or, um, uh, no, no, not game three. What am I thinking of? Game, game Kings five. won pretty handily in game four and they, yeah, game five was a blowout in Dallas, but they, they, yeah, okay, game yeah. five, that's a, the, yeah. they, I, I guarantee they wouldn't have been blowouts in that sense. It, it, it's just, I want to say just based on my own fandom that we, we would have been able to move on just because he, as much of a pest as he was the year mm -hmm. before is what I'm going by. No. And, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I disagree with you. Um, and a lot of that just goes to um, the previous year and what happened in the regular season. I want to say the Kings won three out of four and the Mavs only win was a, a down to the wire win in Sacramento. But, you know, I, I'm just, uh, maybe I'm being a little pessimistic, but I, you know, I, I have so many memories of Vladi and Weber just, carving up the Mavs defense with backdoor passes and 
bounce passes, every other play for layups. And I just, I think that maybe I, my gut feeling is that the Kings may have won in like six games or something like that. If Weber had stayed healthy and you know, that was, that was their window because the Spurs took care of the Lakers in the second round. So the, the team that had been knocking them out for year after year got knocked out also. So, you know, that, that was their, that was their year and it just didn't happen that way. It didn't happen for the Mavs either, but um, I, I think if, if the Kings had been fully healthy, obviously the series would have been a lot different. And I think the Kings, the Kings probably would have pulled it out, um, but it, it didn't happen that way. I want to say we would have taken it to at least seven games, not six, if Weber was healthy. Just because it just how the series looked and it, it, it went that way, I want to say we would have gone seven. But if Weber was in it, we would have taken the series. Uh, a, a game seven loss in Dallas would have been very, very painful. I'm going to stick with six. <laughs> um, okay, so 2003, that was probably like the peak of uh, Mavs Kings, but they met again in the playoffs the next year. Um, actually, that season, they actually had a Christmas Day game. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, there was a Christmas Day game in the 2003 season the Mavs won in Sacramento I really I know I watched it um but I don't really remember anything about it but um I it kind of jarred a little bit of memories when I was looking at their history and I forgot that they played on Christmas Day that year that, uh, they never play on Christmas Day like especially now it just it's unheard of well just because the Kings are <laughs> bottom the but no I did not remember that they had a Christmas game that year yeah, yeah. they did yeah um but and then, so then they, they met in the first round of the playoffs this time. So, and Kings had home court. And um, there's actually one really interesting fact about this series. So even though the Kings won in five games, the Mavericks actually scored more points than the Kings in the entire series. Uh, I think I've heard that before. I forgot where I heard it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's just fascinating. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, yeah. It was a payback year right there for, for what yeah. happened last season. And then and Weber wasn't even up to up to par as much as he was. Oh no, not at all. Um mm-hmm. it was the Mike Bibby show. Um yeah. that was the first year with Brad Miller, um, who was a really good fit for the team that year. I, that was another Kings role player. He may have been an all-star that year. Um uh that but that was another Kings player that you know, really, I was I was not a fan of because he played so well against the Mavs. Um, you know that that series really wasn't too many bright spots in it. I remember Bibby playing out of his mind. the The lone uh, bright spot for the Mavs was. Do you remember Marquise Daniels in that series? Yes, uh, more so than I have like before. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a undrafted rookie that year. And um, due to some circumstances during the season started, like with the guys being out, he just got some playing time and he played really well and he thrived in Don Nelson's system. And he actually, he started all the games in that series for the Mavs and averaged like 15 or 16 points a game and scored himself a really big contract after that as an undrafted player. So he was, uh, that was kind of like his coming out party. So that was really the only positive Mavs thing from it. But for the most part, it was just the Kings, dismantling the Mavs again in the playoffs. Um, And part of the reason why I think the Kings probably would have won that 2003 series if they've been healthy 
because that seven-game series was sandwiched between two five-game series when the Kings were at least healthy-ish. Um, healthy-ish. So, yeah, so I just – I don't know. As much as fun as the, the Mavs teams were that year, I, I think I think Sacramento was the better team um, from from my memories and everything. But, you know, 2004 was a disappointing – uh this point season for the Mavs overall that was the end of the Steve Nash era here so the Kings ended That's Steve Nash's Mavs tenure the, gosh but hey at least but you was, probably liked right because you were a Nash fan yeah no. <laughs> I was good with that and then of course until like I moved here and everyone puts him on a pedestal I'm like okay not to see his picture in like a lot of different areas but uh in game five I mean it was close. Oh yeah, absolutely. There were some, yeah, there were some close games that series, which is why um, the Mavs won game three by like, I don't know, 25, 26 points. All of the rest of the games were like decided by, I think less than six points, which is how they outscored the Kings in that series. Cause because of the one blowout surrounded by some very close games. It it was, I think it was by one point in the game five. Yeah. The Kings won um but god that it was it was exciting but it like i remember being excited by it um but you know it is what it is sorry we took that but that it was also <laughs> last time we were even good so yeah <laughs> you guys had a better run following that that we just broke up the band after that and just everything fell apart yeah that that was the end of uh i guess the king's era and the end of that particular Mavs era you know they had some success after that but that was the end of uh pretty much the Don Nelson era here in Dallas so it it was an exciting time yeah so that was something I definitely want to talk about I feel like that rivalry kind of gets overlooked because when people think of like 2000s rivalries obviously Kings and Lakers are there and I think most people would cite Mavs fan Mavs Spurs before Mavs Kings but it it was it was special and uh I, I really uh Anytime I see the Mavs playing the Kings now, one of the things I think about is like, man, I remember when Mavs Kings actually meant something. <laughs> I, for a lot of uh, fans in Sacramento, the second to the, you know, Lakers rivalry is the Mavericks rivalry because I just remember hating their guts. <laughs> and I was actually, I was so happy um, when I started covering the team, started covering the Mavs when I think it was it was in 2016 when it was supposed to be Rondo's first game back you know after he had his oh yeah uh, here and then he wasn't it was uh when the Kings and the Mavs met up I think in early January and it was supposed to be his first game back of course he had uh back spasms (laughs) and he wasn't playing but that game um at American Airlines Center went into double overtime. Oh, wow. And that was my first, uh, it wasn't my first game, but it was one of like the most exciting games that I got was, to cover. Was that the Darren Williams? Yes. That was, okay. Yeah, that was his, he, <laughs> like in double overtime he made it and that was the dog pile where yeah. he jumped on top of them. But <laughs> I was, I remember getting heckled by um, a lot of, a lot of the Dallas media, because they all they've all known that I was a 
I've been a Kings fan my entire life. So they mm-hmm. always made fun of me whenever the Kings came in town. But that was the most exciting game I remember because I was like, oh, double overtime. We're coming back to like you're having I'm having memories of when we played in the playoffs and going into double overtime. And I had actually come down from the press box about, I think there was a minute left in the fourth. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this game is done. And then, so we have to walk by and they pull up the ropes so the team could go into the locker room. And I remember just them dropping the ropes because we went into over the first overtime. And I was running back and forth because I was not about to go upstairs because that elevator takes 28 years to move. <laughs> but running back and forth from the media dining hall back up to the, the corridor when they were coming out. And I did it like 18 different times that entire game. And it was just so thrilling. And even though we lost, like being in the energy in the locker room with the Mavs after that win it was so powerful. <laughs> and then I went to the King's locker room and it was like, Oh God, this is like someone ran over 12 puppies. I have to go back to the other. Locker. <laughs> horrible. And there was just, I just, so much was going on that game. I think I remember like Chandler Parsons hurt his hip because Boogie ran his butt into him or something. There was so much going on that game. And I just, uh, it almost felt like it lasted two days for me because it was just the most powerful powerful thing I've seen that just reminded me of the rivalry that we used to have in the early 2000s. That's really funny. Yeah, um, I remember that, obviously, that Darren Williams game. And one of the things I, I really remember about it is after his his shot, he, he kind of lost his balance and fell over or leaned yep. into George Carl and George Carl <laughs> fell over. <laughs> and then they just all just jumped. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was beautiful. And him in the locker room, it was just, he couldn't stop smiling. And you're kind of not, I, I wasn't really used to that with D-Will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it was just so overwhelming. Because <laughs> it, it just like, it bled onto the media too. And they were just like jumping around going, what the heck? And I was, um a lot of my friends were just like haha you know we beat you and i'm like uh that was a freaking good game so i'm not angry <laughs> i'm too yeah. angry with that but then my, my my king's friends would not talk to me for a while that's really yeah. funny I didn't have anything um one other question that i i meant to ask that i i forgot obviously in 2011 when the Mavs won the title Peja came here middle of the season and had like a a, a big impact a meaningful impact on the team um you weren't covering the Mavs at that time, were you? No, I wasn't. As a <laughs> as a Kings fan, or what your your fellow Kings fans was there any? Uh, what was their their sentiment around that? Because it was really special, I thought. Well, I mean, it was special for you. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we we I completely forgot that he was on the Mavs when uh, you guys jumped into the playoffs. I was like, wait a minute, he's been on the team for like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden he like he he was averaging I think regular season when he was there he was averaging like 7 points a game and then he goes into the playoffs and like starts putting up 20 I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> How have you been? Yeah. And so when they won I mean we were we were happy for him. Mm-hmm. But we were also like, you've been on the team for two minutes. Calm down for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I moved here, everyone was like, oh, we love Paige. I was like, what? Like, you you met him from, like, 
Tuesday to Friday, that's when you had him. And then he, you know, jumped into the playoffs there. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. But, I mean, fans were happy for him, of course. He got a ring. Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun when he was here. Um, he, he, he definitely had some bright moments. And uh, I'm gl- I, I was glad to see him get a ring because he was a player that I – that I feared for years. So um, it was nice to see him contributing to some fun Mavs stuff. Yeah. For him getting a ring, it was, it was, it was good to see it. And like, we're happy. I mean, uh, with the Kings now, he's, he's on the staff along with a lot of the other. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, yeah. Anytime they're on TV, I, I know Vladdy's around and Bobby Jackson and does Doug Christie, is he like a color commentator? Yeah, he's a commentator and it took us a while to get used to him as a co- commentator too, but he's, he's actually, he's warmed up to it and he's, he's pretty good. I liked him better on the court. But, <laughs> um, um, I, I, I tried to get him on, uh, as, on my forgotten Mav stuff because he was here for like two weeks in 2005, but, uh, he he never responded. <laughs> oh well, now you you could try it when he comes back into town and try to talk to him yeah. about it. I'm sure he's he has. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, not crying over what's going on <laughs> with the Kings at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I, I had higher expectations for them. It's still early, obviously, but I'm uh, you know they seem to be trending in the right direction last year and it just hasn't gone well <laughs> well you heard that fox is out now yeah ankle or something yeah it, okay. yeah he hurt his ankle during practice and like a lot of reports are coming out that a, a teammate i'm not sure which one stepped on his ankle and he's now going to be out for a while so i mean we we were already devastated in the beginning of it so this was just kind of like Okay, we're Kings fans. We're used to this. <laughs> we just lost our one of our best players, so we're gonna go cry into vodka now. <laughs> well, uh, this has been fun, you know, talking about this uh, this period of Mavs history and Kings history, and um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to to join me tonight. So, thank you, TJ. It was fun. Thank you so much for having me, Mike.